I got my my base right here. My uh, my Ernie Ball uh, Stingray. Oh yeah, nice. uh, that's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Are we sure we, we'll sure basis. Yeah, this is Clay will enjoy this. Yeah, <laughs> I got this one, which is it's it's a P base. Oh, nice, like the old style slab body, but it's uh, made by a company called Freya. Okay, which is a Irish company. Oh. And he assembles it from parts. So it's got a Japanese neck. Hmm. I think it's just got a Korean body. And then Seymour Duncan's, like, he rigged it up with some, you know, and it's actually a Dusty Hill kind of nice. vibe. Oh, wow. You know who will enjoy this even more than me? <laughs> People. <laughs> the listeners. The from the Great White North and the Great American South. It's the Border Battle of the Bands. This is... North by South. My name is Vic, I'm gonna do a little trick. I'm gonna play my bass without using a pick. Travel around the world and back again. I just taken my bass out for a spin. And you know what I'm saying. And if you're ever looking for me, I don't go too far. Cause if you really wanna find me, you know where I are. With me and my bass guitar. Hello, friends and listeners, and welcome back to North by South. There's a guy from the North, and there's also a guy from the South. I'm the guy from the South. My name is Clay. And I was born to run. I was born to dream. I'm the craziest boy you've ever seen. My name is Rye, and I'm the hoser from the North. And today, it's not only about the true North and the deep South. No, sir. Bringing the low end from the Midwest, we have a very special guest today. What? Our official middleman, our podcasting brother, and a deep dive podcast original. We got Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast. How you doing, oh. Nate? Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the uh, chalet. Oh, thank you so much. Beautiful in here. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Nate. If anyone doesn't know who you are, well, first of all, I'll question where that person has been. (laughs) But you host an amazing and successful podcast called the Deep Purple Podcast with an old pal of yours. How about you tell us a little bit about it, Nate? Sure. It's the Deep Purple Podcast, the least creatively named podcast in the Deep Dive Podcast Network. And <laughs> that um, works, though. It works. It works. It's very to the point. We just kind of want to get the point across that there are no other Deep Purple podcasts. You get all um, the hits. Yeah, we, 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 we got it. Uh, so, yeah, we, it's just me and my old buddy, John. We've known each other for 30-something years. And we just get together every week and talk about some other, some Deep Purple-related or tangentially Deep Purple-related uh, subject unless we went for 30 years i don't think we would really run out of subjects uh so there's plenty of stuff to milk um both of you have been guests on various episodes uh so if That's anyone right. is interested in checking out the show i'd recommend checking out one of the episodes one of you guys were on uh, uh clay was on an episode where we talked about uh, the spectrum album by billy cobham and rye's been on a couple black sabbath episodes so um yeah uh, if you if you're interested in in looking for your your entry point of the Deep Purple podcast and you love this show, then you'd like to hear one of these guys commenting about uh about that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was a lot of fun going on there. I remember um, I think there were three of us 
which by the way, we only came to know each other through this podcasting adventure mm-hmm. and the formation of the great deep dive podcast network. But I remember we were talking about Ryan and I, um, you know, if we would do another podcast after the Sabbath thing and the Skinner thing and, and I asked you, what, what, do you have any ideas for what you'll do after deep purple? And you said, cause I'm a deep purple novice. So I didn't know this, but you said, yeah, I, I can do this show for as long as I want because there is <laughs> so much that's attached to deep purple in some way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically limitless and it's always good stuff. So check out deep purple podcast. Your, your numbers are going to go through the roof now. I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm buckling up. I'm, I'm, rent, oh I'm, uh, I'm, I'm putting in for some additional server space to uh, handle the bandwidth. Yeah. 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 Well, your, <laughs> wife will, your wife will finally hear you podcasting because I doubt she listens. To <laughs> yeah, like, that is podcasts, true. But she yeah. loves North by South, right, Jen? Shout out. Hey, Jen. You're the best, Jen. Yeah, she's learning a lot show. about the Deep Purple podcast right now from listening to this episode. <laughs> well, I think she has great taste. Personally. <laughs> she does. Uh, she has great taste in podcasts, at least. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so today's show is all about that base. I, uh, I promised myself I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> oh, so stupid. I thought okay. it was about bass. It's, it's all about that bass. Yeah, I, I picked Chilean sea bass tonight. What oh, did you guys pick? One of my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> the old Patagonian toothfish. <laughs> I picked that singing bass that you hang up on your wall for that guy <laughs> big mouth billy bass wow yes you do yeah i'm gonna talk about him for 20 minutes so look forward to that i am <laughs> but before we get into the the bass guitar i guess i have to admit that i've once again lost to rye mm. last episode we talked about worst lyrics i had brett michaels you had your man, uh, what's his fucking name? David Willicox. David Willicox. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I thought you had the winner. I actually lost to you by, I think, one vote. And I <laughs> voted for you. So I could have fucking won, but I didn't because I have integrity. And I felt like your song had the worst lyrics. So you yeah. won. And uh, that makes it, what's the score now? I think I pulled ahead with that one. What mm. episode is this? This is episode uh, six. So six. You may even be up by two now. Oh, yeah. Wait. That makes sense. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Nate, are you good at with math? Because we need some help. No, there's uh, been six you... episodes. I can't really break that down. That's too much. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's too a, much math. Those are high numbers. You, you guys need a shared a shared Google Doc where you can keep track of this. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't keep track of shit. <laughs> Yeah, the theme for today is bass guitar, my favorite type of guitar. And before we get into it, I want to dedicate this episode to uh, Mr. Dusty Hill because we did lose him recently. And yeah, honestly, he, as far as bass players, he is just the top dog in my books. Um, I have a funny little story I'll share with you. I was actually kind of, well, it was a one-off gig, but I was in a ZZ Top tribute act called uh, Dos Hombres, uh, two of us, guitar player and a bass, myself oh, wow. playing bass. And we had a drum machine because we thought Frank Beard sounded like a drum machine. <laughs> he does. Uh, and we put a beard on, we, we had the beards, of course, and then we had the drum machine with the beard, even though Frank Beard doesn't have a beard, but you know. 
But anyway, that was our, it was a little Halloween gig, obviously. So that was our Halloween costume, and we actually played a little set. I love that. Dos hombres. That's well done. Yeah. And the, the main uh, joke was just the drum machine sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've grown to appreciate uh, Frank Beard's playing, of course. And yes, Dusty Hill. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I actually thought about songs as, as tribute uh, because he... He was a badass. I didn't do that, but so I'm glad you brought it up. What are your guys' kind of histories with, with the instrument, bass, guitar? I've already unveiled that, yes, I do play, um, or had played in the past, but Clay, you're you're a drummer, so do you dabble in the rhythm section? you ever pick up a four-string? No, I have no idea how to do that. Um, I Not unlike your story, I mean, pretty different, but uh, one of my short-lived failed high school bands it was me and uh, a bass player, of course, and two guitars. And uh, the guy playing the bass, he was the only one I actually really liked. We were pretty good friends. And then the guitar players, they like started to flake out and not show up to these important rehearsals we were having. And so my friend who played the bass said, uh, oh, me and you just do something. We can just do like Primus songs. That's like heavy on bass. And, and you know, we're he was better than I was at his instrument, but neither of us were prepared to, to really do Primus justice. Uh, <laughs> so that was one more rehearsal. And then the, the band folded. We never got to the dos hombres level. Yeah. Did you have a name? Like, uh, we didn't even have a name. Sailing. <laughs> was it cheese? Yeah. It's something about cheese. Yeah. yeah. About sailing cheese. the seas of cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was called it was called something port. about cheese. I have a sailing the seas of cheese long box somewhere back here. I wish I could. Oh, oh. One of the, that's a it's one of the nice. random that weird happens. long boxes that I have. That's cool. <laughs> so Nate, boxes. you you play the bass, right? I do indeed. Is that your primary instrument? I would, uh, yeah. I mean, between that and guitar, now I I um I yeah I I, I got my first bass when I was thirteen, and uh, basically my um. My, my good buddy Scott played the drums and his brother played the guitar. So I said, well, I should pick up a bass. So I, I did and yeah. it started taking lessons and then it just really uh, blossomed from there. And I played in a number of different bands and I played in high school jazz band and stuff like that. So I've always, cool. uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the instrument. Yeah. So the bass is kind of an instrument that you kind of have to play it a little bit or know where it sits in the mix to really appreciate what it does for a song. But for today, I've done you guys a favor. I've found a couple of ISO tracks, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to play, I'm going to pit you guys against each other head-to-head, and we're going to see, just listening to the bass line, if you can name that song and name the bass player for Extra Point. You know what I'm saying? Oh, boy. I think we know who's going to win this one, (laughs) the guy who plays bass. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, so it gets progressively harder. I got five of them. My goodness. Like I said, maybe, you know, name the bass player. Maybe that's a little, I'll do that if there's a tiebreaker or something, maybe. Or you can just do it to get cred. Well, if we know the song, we might have a pretty pretty good chance of getting the player. True. Yeah, that's true. I like this. I'm excited about this. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm scared. But Unless it'll we, be fun. Like, neither of us get any Nobody of them. Nobody knows any of these songs. <laughs> All right, so Nate, you being the special guest, you get to go first. Okay. 
You ready for this? You got so your cans on. So, so how? What are the rules? Do we like? Both yeah, wait, do, wait. Do we chime? Yeah. Do we chime we in, or, in it, or raise our no, hand? No, no, no. Yeah, it goes back and forth. So there's one each. Oh, okay. Um, okay. You, you oh. can listen to the whole clip because they're none of them are more than you know a couple seconds. Okay. And uh, yeah, you don't have to do it fast. You can if you want to show off, but uh, just listen hmm. to the bass and see if you can figure out what song it is. Name that tune. Name that tune. Isolated Man. Do I go? Do I I raise my hand? Yes. Yeah. What's that one? That is is Killing in the Name of... of. Yeah, I don't care. Remember, <laughs> I don't know. Apparently. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> that is killing in the name parentheses of killing in the name of. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I didn't know the where name. the name you of that it. song, um, where the name of that song uh, ended or began. So <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. Do you know what bass player that is? Is that uh, Tim Cromerford? Cromerford. Cromerford? Timmy C. Timmy C. Yeah, Tim C. That's right. <laughs> Actually, he's a, a fantastic bassist. His tone oh, he's is great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Nate got, we'll say one point. You did name the the player, but oh, we'll just do one point, one point until somebody fucks up. All right. Which is bound to happen next because we're moving on to Clay in the South. Hey. Wait a second. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. I knew that one. And I have a feeling it'll be the only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clay. Name that. Sweet. Okay, sweet emotion by Aerosmith. Oh, what's good. that fucker's name? <laughs> um, <laughs> is that Brad Whitford or is that the. No. 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 How do I know not, not know the members of Aerosmith? Yeah, um, it's Tom Hamilton. He's the man. Yeah, Tommy H. Tommy H. Tommy H. Tommy Hamilton. Yeah, doesn't matter though. It doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> no, we still got a tie game <laughs> after the first round. So moving on to round two. This one's for you, Nate. Nate, that's it. Yeah, I like it's like I know it. Um, I, 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 instead of just trying to think about it for five minutes on air, uh, I will, uh, I will see. But I know this. I know that it's like uh, when you say it, it's going to kill me. Okay, this is so. Can I steal that? Yeah, I'm offering you the steal. I think it's No Rain. Yeah, yes, it's No Rain by Blind Melon. Correct, sir. Bass player's name. That album a lot. Yeah, it's like it's like I know I've heard this bass line a million times. I just couldn't like. (laughs) All right, that was a cool band too. That's an underrated band. Absolutely, very underrated band. Shannon Hoon is the shit. Absolutely. All right, all I can say is I'm. My life is pretty upset right now, but not getting that one. <laughs> we've, we've broken Nate <laughs> already. You're going to be outside in the bee costume, just you know, trying to yes. redeem yourself. <laughs> yeah, 
you know, with my physique right now, I think I'd pull it off just about <laughs> Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> All right, Clay. So you stole that one. Very well yeah. done. You can actually jump even okay. more ahead here because you still oh, have boy. your pick. But, Nate, you can steal this one if uh, yeah. he drops the ball. Any, anything could happen. Anything can happen in this wild and crazy game. I like this game, right? <laughs> Poker for you. I know this shit. Give me a second. Um, I'm playing the song in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one knows. That's correct. Do you know the band? Uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel like I should have given game show contestants more credit because when the pressure's on, yeah, which it's it's really not right now, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Eagles of uh, <laughs> Eagles of <death> metal. <laughs> You're close though. No, no, Queens no. of the Stone Age. Queens of the Stone Age. Of course, I, I know this. I have this song on my. Okay. Yeah, yeah great, I definitely don't know the bass player. Yeah, it's a great song. song. Great song. Nick Olivier there. And even though I'm a bass player, just the drums, the the drum fill that Dave Grohl does in that song. Yeah, is just I was gonna say. So good. You probably I don't even know if it's a fill, but whatever he's doing is just like out of control. Insane. So yeah. As much as Dave Grohl kind of rubs me the wrong way, as far as yeah, to, yeah, you got to give the guy credit. Though. You got to give him credit. He's yeah, phenomenal, he's a killer drummer. Play the drums. Just can't stand his singing and guitar playing, really. Yeah, and not I that like I can't stand it. It's just like it's the new fucking. It's just mediocre, you know, Creed and all that other butt rock to me. Anyway, he called butt rock. Butt rock, yeah, <laughs> butt rock. <laughs> Moving on <laughs> to round three, then, Nate, we're going back to you. Okay. The simple man, Clay over there, is up by two now. Commanding lead. Commanding oh, lead. No pressure, Nate. God. All right. So anything <sighs> can happen, though. There's uh, five <laughs> rounds, by the way. No, because <laughs> there are. <laughs> it's always five. Always. <laughs> All right. Here you go. I think you're going to get a steal song here. Is, yeah. You don't get it. Yeah. It's my turn, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's, uh, Jerry was a race car driver by Primus, and uh, the bass player, I believe, is named Les Claypool. Correct, sir. Just a guess on that one. but Yeah. I'm going to add, like, ding, 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 and all those effects later. Oh, that'll be great. <laughs> Live in this thing. <laughs> yeah. Audience clapping. Yeah. And groans. Could you also, It'll be mostly groans. <laughs> could you also cut out all of my whining? <laughs> An excuse making? <laughs> no, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, mine as well. <laughs> I'll just have some some slow violin playing. Yeah. All right, there you go. Nate got that one. Should I give him the extra point for giving him the bass player at this point so he can make a comeback? Nah, we're oh. fine. We still got we still got a couple <laughs> yeah, rounds. We're really unclear about that about the naming uh, yeah. the bass player where <laughs> that fine. falls into the. <laughs> and I'll stop at nothing to defeat Clay, <laughs> even when I'm not <laughs> participating. Fair enough. Anyway, Clay, here's one for you. <laughs> Name that tune. Ooh, that's a pretty generic one. 
I feel like Nate knows it. He's about to steal it and tie me up. Um, I, I am. If, if you don't looks know. looks the kill. Yep, you is, got it. Is that it? Really? Yeah. There was that one little part. But I bet like you can't name the bass player. <laughs> There's no fucking way. <laughs> there you go. I'll give you a hint. The bass player has died at least six times. <laughs> oh boy. Yes, that is. I was really looking crew. forward to stealing that one. You really teased me. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't confident. <laughs> All right, back to you, Nate. Round four. Uh, the lightning round. I don't know. I, I don't have any lightning rounds or anything stupid like that. I don't understand how this works. Yeah, so the light thunder round. Yeah. I don't think you understand how the, <laughs> this game works, but we'll just keep moving on. We're making it up as like as we go along. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your next one, Nate. Name that team. It's getting harder now. Round four. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> see Clay shaking his. <laughs> Clay, I, don't, I do Clay not know that no idea. You really don't know it? No, I really don't know it. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> oh, okay. Play it again. Play it again. I can't play. Please play it again. <laughs> can't play it again. <laughs> this is a Skinner song. Adult. <laughs> I don't listen to Leonard Skinner. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna deduct a point. <laughs> yeah, you need to take a point no, away from not, him for not not I'm knowing check the that. rule book. No, it's not in there. It's a real deep cut by uh, Leonard Skinner. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. How was that his? How was that his fourth round? You're giving, you're giving him free bird on the, the fourth round. <laughs> Oh, that was Freebird. <laughs> well, maybe I'll give you smoke on the water next. You never know. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, to balance things out, right? Well, well done, Rye. Well done. <laughs> All right, we're giving that one to Nate. Yeah, Nate, yeah, Nate gets that one. Okay, uh, so you're up by two again, I think. Oh yeah. Oh you know, yeah. You you're keeping score. <laughs> yeah. Here's another one for you, uh, Clay. <laughs> You say I'm go with smoke on the water. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. You don't know that? Okay. Nate, uh, would you like no, to steal? I, don't. I would I would like to steal. I believe that is um Bohemian Rhapsody. Ding 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 ding. Correct. That is sir. John John Deacon. I don't know if that's oh, gonna really? be any points. Oh, you're creeping oh, up. Damn. So wait. it's always amazing listening to these isolated tracks, like how shitty the bass sounds yeah. on a lot of them. Yeah. Like, especially like like Freebird and this one, like the older ones yeah. sound so shitty, but when you put them into context of the song, it, it works Absolutely out be- beautifully. It. And that's one of the things like when I was learning how to mix music was just never don't um, solo each track and individually listen to each track and try to make every track sound perfect. Cause when you put it together, it sounds like garbage. So yeah. you want to like kind of EQ tracks and put effects on tracks in the context of the whole thing. And then you've got, 
that sounded like shit <laughs> but it's yeah, but from it one of like the yeah. most classic songs of all time and you'd never listening to it think that it was anything other than great so yeah, yeah. And it's funny with those ones you can hear the bleeding of the drums in there so obviously like he's playing along with the track um probably live mm-hmm. uh, and there's yeah, a whole he's got thing the, with the drummer and the bassist they have to lock into that rhythm and Yep, he's probably got his bass cab in a in a, in a separate closet, and yep. he's got a mic on it, and the, the door's closed, and they've got some muffling, but just, there's always going to be that little bit of bleed, you know. And then Freddie's in another closet. Yeah. <laughs> Not oh. really. Oh. <laughs> oh, he was back then. <laughs> yeah, he sure was. Well, so, I, before we go into the final round, I think that means we're tied, right? Because I missed it, and he stole it. That's right. Yeah. So. That builds the tension, makes for a better Oof. podcast. Maybe I did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just say we're tied. <laughs> I, I did not do it on purpose. All right, we're tied. We're definitely tied. Yes. Okay. Tension is on. The final round. So let's see how Nate fares with the first offering here. This is a hard one, too. This is the fifth round, guys. So <sighs> it might end in a tie. And in that case, well, I don't know what the fuck I'll do. <laughs> I guess you guys will just have to hug. Didn't prepare for that eventuality. <laughs> All right, here you go. Or for any of this. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, a nice bass tone. Idea. You don't. No idea. No idea at all. Uh, no, I have no okay. clue. No, no clue. clue. Should I give a hint? Sure. Should I Only if it helps me. Along? Uh this the singer of <laughs> this band died of a drug overdose. <laughs> That's not and, a very oh, wait, good oh, idea. I got I got another one. Uh this <laughs> band is was popular in the nineties. <laughs> it's Nirvana? No, he yep. killed himself. No, uh, no, that that's that bass playing was way too good to be Chris Novoselic. <laughs> no. uh, he I was using fifths and octaves. <laughs> All right, nobody got them. Stone Temple Pilots, oh, interstate love song. Oh, I do like that. Really? Song. Yes. God, it just doesn't. Oh, it, it, I cut out the part. Oh where it yeah, down, yeah. Down, 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 yeah. Down, down, down. That's the only part that you really fall. Well, I was gonna guess it was either STP uh, or Alice in Chains, based on your clue. But <laughs> right, yeah. Nirvana was ruled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good hints, wasn't it? Yeah. Any band? I should stop that? saying the first thing that pops into my mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the final one. Ooh, so should I do a buzzer on this one? If um, nobody's gonna, it's the hardest one too. Fuck. No, I'm gonna get it and I'm gonna win. Play it, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's uh, Mbop by Hanson. <laughs> Is that right? No. Man, <laughs> the only part of that bass line that has a bit of a like hook. Mbop. Listen to the first this, couple notes here again. Yeah. Okay, okay. And think 90s. <laughs> think, uh, well, no, I think 80s too. Yeah. Band with a bit of longevity. Um, 
singer did not die of heroin. Oh, did the singer him. die of something? Uh, no, but he looked like he okay. was dying all the time. <laughs> all right. First couple notes. <laughs> oh. Um, yep, yep, yep. Um, I know it. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I'm I know it. I know it. it. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right, Nate, you're going to win. You can take it. No, you could take it, Nate. I don't know it. Um, it's um, it. uh, it's REM. Yes, you're there. It's uh, oh shit, he did look like he was dying. <laughs> What's the name of the song? Oh, I'm losing my religion. Yes, yes, we have a winner. Oh, <sighs> I don't know how I feel about any of this. <laughs> I'm not sure this was played fairly. But what I mean, religion. what I mean to say is, congratulations, Nate. <laughs> yes, congratulations. That was fair and square. That was one of the the worst sounding bass tones too. Just really tinny and like it sounded mm-hmm. like there was like kind of a buzz, like the like the uh, pickups were like picking up some extra buzz or something. Like, yeah, it could be know. the process with some of these ISO tracks that they didn't actually yeah. like have the ISO tracks and they just kind of like stripped away stuff and you know. Yeah, I mean, I've listened to legit ISO tracks too, and they a lot of times they do sound like garbage. But I mean, yeah. that's like a very well produced song. It sounds great. Yeah. Um, so there you go. I would say that uh, Timmy C had the best bass tone there, as far as uh, those ISOs go. Yeah, that one yep. definitely uh, sounded the coolest. Oh, that was a fun game. But there you go. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good work, Ry. And good work that together. Thanks to uh, Garage ba- Band or whatever the video game is that uh, that does that strips out all those things. We can have a game like that, which is great. Yep. Yep. I feel like we're all winners here, except for me. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the game. That's all I got. We can start talking about our selects for the day, I believe. Yes, sir. Unless, uh, Nate, did you want to go ahead and uh, take my uh, gimmick? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, we've got a, was, you call it a high five? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I've got an incredibly um, convoluted way of doing this high five, in which, of course, it's not actually five, but... Um, you're talking about kind of a high five of, of best bass players. So mm, I nice. did two high fives because I've got very strong feelings about bass. And one is that, and kind of guitar and all instruments, which is that there's, there's two classes, right? There's a bass player that's part of a band that contributes well to that band, creates great bass, bass lines for the song. Mm-hmm. And then there's poppers and slappers and tappers and people who do technically amazing things. So I'm going to give me, give you my, my top five, favorite technical bass players first so this these are guys that i think are just incredible you should check them out look them up on youtube get some of their albums but maybe not somebody you're going to listen to every day um so first is this guy called Federico malaman he's an italian bass player uh the first time i came across him it was i think something from it might have been nam or somewhere where he was doing a cover of smells like teen spirit with just him playing bass okay. and he does just these incredible uh bass runs over it and everything he uses like a looping pedal to just do some and and you don't even realize for the first five minutes what the hell he's even playing and you oh my god he's playing smells like teed spirit mm-hmm. incredible guy definitely worth a follow on social media cool. second is uh this guy who is i don't know if he's i don't know where he's from his name's charles berthoud i think i'm pronouncing that correctly you can look him up on youtube he does uh, like bass videos multiple times a week and one of his kind of gimmicks is he'll say like I'm going to play some like common song, like something I'm going to play Bohemian Rhapsody, say, 
um, and 10 levels of difficulty. So he starts oh, off just yeah, playing it really him. simple. Yeah. And yeah, then I've yeah, those. by the end, he's throwing in all of these like yeah. two, two finger, two hand tapping and stuff and cra- crazy, really, really cool stuff. Yeah, then cool. I got three, three guys that are not so much like YouTube sensations, but um, Stanley Clark is one oh, great yeah. jazz bass player. Sure. Um, Vulcan Princess off of his first uh, solo. I think it's his first solo album, uh, which I just saw the cover of that album once in a record store. And I was like, yep, that's going to be amazing. And I got it. It's just like him with his big hair and a, a bass and nothing like just like a look square around it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a fantastic album. Charles Mingus, credible upright bass player, mm-hmm. uh, jazz guy. Uh, one of my favorite uh albums by him is mingus on piano it's just him playing piano and which isn't even his primary instrument but uh just an incredible guy and then of course uh kind of obvious jaco pistorius um of course he has uh, to be mentioned obviously can't be denied like songs like teen town and he on his solo album a song called come on over which is a lot more straightforward than some of the stuff he was doing with weather report but yeah. some really really incredible uh, bass lines. His stuff with Joni Mitchell is incredible too. Just he's just a vibey bass player. It's yep. not all about yep. speed and stuff like that. I've never been into the ones where it's like the 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 bass is like the way focus. You know, like the, it mm-hmm. gets a little showy sometimes. I find it gets a like especially with the bass, even like guitar. I don't like really notey fast guitar. Yeah. But even with bass, it's even more noticeable that they're trying to cram as many notes sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, it's the guys you mentioned there, like you know, and then like your Marcus Millers and Victor Wooten mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, there's no denying that those guys are incredible feel and uh, structure, songwriting, incredible. But Jocko in yep. particular, he's just yeah, he's got he's got a great vibe. Yeah, incredible. I'm sad that he you know he left so left us so soon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, then I've created a high five netherworld where I'm placing Les Claypool. We've already talked about um, <laughs> You're just because like I, I, I find like I find like he's not like is in I'm between virtuoso, yeah, like but he has you know yeah. songs that you might just yeah like out he, to. he's got such a, a obviously he's extremely talented and mm-hmm. and technically great, but it was also like super sloppy and has got a style all to his own at the same time. So just incredible musician and just he's unlike any other bass player you'll ever hear. Yeah. Okay. So. Now we've got like my my high five for maybe more proper band bass players. Right. The bread and butter boys. So my first one um, or fifth or whatever the hell order you want to put it in is Mo Foster, who's someone I've taught. We've talked about a lot on our show. He's worked with like he worked a lot with Phil Collins, actually, like a lot of the Phil Collins 80s hits like he's playing bass on them. Okay. He's 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 almost like a um, like a Leland Sklark kind of character where he's just he was this go to studio guy. Um, it's kind of like the British Leland Sklar, but amazing bass player. Um, super great feel. I got a, a couple of no brainers like Paul McCartney. I got to put Paul McCartney in there. Gosh, sure. um, he's he's not he's not playing like Jocko. He's not playing like Victor Wooten, like you said earlier, but he's uh, just hit the melodic, even something like I want to hold your hand, just a little mm-hmm. that he throws in there. I was going to say like, some of the early Beatles stuff, too. Just the bass lines are so kicking. It's awesome. A guy who didn't even want to play bass kind of just got like, you know, well, I drew the short straw. I guess I'm going to be the bass player now. Phenomenal. Like the bass, like all of those Beatles bass lines, those little things he does in the background. um, They stick out so much. Um, Whatever happened to him? (laughs) He just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, it's it's a shame, really. (laughs) Uh, Next one up is Joe Dart from the uh, group Wolfpack. Um, He's just he's. He pisses me off because he's like probably 10, 15 years younger than I am. Uh, and this band kind of came on the scene 
maybe about 10 years ago. Um, love everything they do. He's such a good bass player. Um, incredible. Check out. He's got a song called Dean Town, which is kind of like a play on Teen Town by Jaco Pastorius. Yeah. And it's just an incredible, incredible bass line on that song. Uh, and uh, if you want to check out that band, check out the song 1612. It's great. Yeah, you sent me some of their stuff, Nate. And it, yeah, they're a very, very cool band. Very cool band that I had not heard of before you. So thank you. Check yeah, them and they're out, one everybody. of those bands that's like, they're totally independent. They're not like signed any label or anything. They put out all their own stuff. They make all their own videos. They produce all their own stuff. Uh, but yet they, they have played Madison Square Garden. Like, the, so they're, if you yeah, walk up crazy. to your average person on the street, they might not know who they are, but at the same time, they're huge. So definitely worth checking out. Um, another maybe obvious one. I got to give it to my man Flea. Of course. I mean, what, uh, what needs to be said about Flea, what he can put into a song, what he plays and what he doesn't play and his technicality, but yet he's just, he's, he's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, hell. he's one of those guys you forget about, like, like, you know, like you kind of put him in the overrated bin sometimes, but the way that he, hooks you when you first hear chili peppers and all that stuff it's amazing like it's just so so full of life and like all his bass lines i love um some of his simpler ones too like on uh it was on like by the way there was one song that was like i'm an ocean in your bedroom he's just doing octaves Mm -hmm. and like it's just everything he touches is just awesome and then I got to give first place as we've talked about him a couple of times already. Victor Wooten has to, um, I saw, I got the privilege of seeing him live in, uh, I think it was 96 up in Boston and just, man, uh, can't even tell you it was him and a drummer. And there was, that was it. And to, to be able to carry that show as just a bass player with just a drummer backing you up. I mean, Victor Wooten can do it. Um, he could have probably pulled it off with no drummer. Yeah, um, another captivating player for sure. Like his, and the way he talks and teaches and shares, uh, he's just an absolute stand-up dude. Doesn't play stand-up bass, but he's a stand-up dude. <laughs> I'm sure he could. Uh, yeah. yeah. My okay. my senior year of high school, he, uh, I don't know how this happened. Still to this day, maybe he lived in Nashville at the time, but he came to play a show like during school hours. At my high school, really? you know how like the assemblies are always, you're, you're glad to go because you're not in <laughs> class, but they always suck. Victor Wooten was playing a few feet away from me. That's, yeah. yeah, I, I got to say, I don't, I don't even have a, a close uh, high school assembly story to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had some guys like talking about, you know, like, don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hype, hype dudes. <laughs> so he was, so Victor Wooten was like a few feet from you? Yeah, yeah, it was just incredible. Like to see that anywhere, any time would be amazing. But then to skip like your boring geometry class or whatever the hell and see that, like we were just thrilled out of our minds. It was a really cool thing for him to do. That's awesome. Did he tell you not to do drugs at the end? (laughs) He did not. Straighten you kids up. He passed out drugs at the end. (laughs) That's not true. It was usually somebody telling you not to do drugs or someone showing you how to put a condom on a cucumber. (laughs) Those are the two, the two kinds of uh, events that happened in my high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's my top five or 11, depending on how you want to count Good it. Good stuff. That, no, that was, that, was, that was Nate hanging 10. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Don't do drugs. Stay in school. <laughs> yeah. Cowabunga. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for carrying the episode. I enjoyed the game. 
and Nate the knowledge about the bass players. But how about we get into some music without a game attached? I'm going to play <laughs> no my song. Games. No more game. Let's get down to business, guys. Let's do it. And uh, as usual, I had trouble picking up my song. I, I went through uh, a number of songs. I think in a lot of ways, Billie Jean is maybe the greatest bass line of all time. I didn't go with that, though. You've heard it before. I thought about Oteil Burbridge, one guy that hasn't been mentioned. I don't know if you guys know him. I got to see him in high school. He had the biggest hands I've ever seen in my life. Did he come to He's, your assembly, too? He did not. I had to travel. <laughs> I had to travel to him. Epic bass player assemblies. <laughs> He's great. He was playing with the Aquarium Rescue Unit at the time, which was a cool band. And then he went on to play with the Allman Brothers Band. And he's incredible. Thought about Jocko. Thought about some of the old James Brown songs. Oh, yeah. D'Angelo, Voodoo, uh, mm. that album. Thought about Pino Palladino on the bass. Yeah, some I was going to say, is that Pino? Funky stuff. Pino's amazing. Yeah. But what I landed on was something that will piss Rye off <laughs> and hopefully delight Nate. <laughs> Great. So here we go. <laughs> Hold on. We got to look at the time of it for uh, five. Okay. Yeah. That's not too bad. It is a little too long. <laughs> it's not too bad. That's not too bad. All right. has a song called Apostrophe by Frank Zappa off his album Apostrophe. That part, bass guys helped me out, but that part, the, the very beginning of that bass solo where he goes, doodle, 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 doodle. <laughs> yeah. like, that's the coolest shit ever. Boom, boom, I remember boom, the first doodle, time doodle. I heard that, it was like a jump out of the seat moment. Like, that is so great. I love this. Yeah. Um, so it's Frank Zappa. This is an instrumental, and I don't necessarily even listen to a lot of rock instrumentals these days, but we're talking about bass and uh, this is just a winner for me. So there's some controversy about who's actually playing bass on this. It's credited to Jack Bruce. Jack right? Bruce. Okay. Part of him. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always heard that, but I, it, it, to me, I was like, I didn't know Jack Bruce was that much of a monster on the bass. Right. Uh, well, he can be. Yeah, I mean, I I know he's he's, he's good, good, but like monster it, tone. He gets the credit on the on the liner notes, but then he himself denies it. So here's the <laughs> backstory. <laughs> I mean, or, if or I was remember. if I was playing that 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 uh awesome like fuzz bass solo, I would not be denying anything. Yeah, no kidding. No, I'll take I would not play. either. So would, would it be like Tom Fowler that. that played if it wasn't him? Or it could even be Zappa. Zappa uh, had uh, said that this was during the. Uh, Grand Wazoo tour, and that was a completely instrumental album, isn't it? The Grand Wazoo. I've kind of this is <sighs> okay. First of all, <laughs> I'm not a Zappa fan by any means, but I did dip into this era, 
And as I recall, okay, that was kind of like an instrumentally kind of more. Yeah, I have like twenty two or twenty three Zappa albums, and Grand Wazoo is not one of them, so oh, I don't okay. not too familiar with it. I don't have that one either. Yeah, it was either yeah, it was either albums. alive or it was uh, yeah. Yeah, like he has so many albums. I just... Yeah, I've like I have like twenty of the eighty as well. Yeah, you don't tell us, man. Also, thank you for picking an instrumental one. If we get the zap, if we get the just zap out you, of the right? way and an instrumental, <laughs> I'm I'm happy with the rest of the uh, series. <laughs> yeah, there are no lyrics about about sex or. Jack Bruce got, got credit for playing the bass and writing the song. But then Jack Bruce said in an interview in 1972, he said he never played any bass on this album or on this song. He said, so I turned up to a New York studio with my cello. I'm listening to Zappa's music. Pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty awful. Oh boy. And just don't know what to do with myself. And Frank says to me, Listen, I would like you to play a sound like this. Wang. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what of it course. Says. So I did what he asked me to do. Wang. That was all. That was my input to Frank Zappa's most popular record, Laughs. And so I think maybe we was talking about at the begin- very beginning of that track, you can hear kind of a wang. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll play it back. But uh, he claims the bass was not played by him. And when Zappa talked about this, he says, well, that was just a jam thing that happened because he was a friend of drummer Jim Gordon. I found it very difficult to play with him. He's too busy. He doesn't really want to play bass in terms of root functions. I think he has other things on his mind, but that's the way jam sessions go. So I'm thinking that Zappa and Jack Bruce weren't huge fans of each other <laughs> musically or, or personally. I also feel like Frank Zappa would be the one more likely to remember what actually happened. As yeah, he, I mean, was a, he was a sober dude who yeah. was, Zappa very, was much more in, in control of his in control. faculties. Yeah. And Bruce right. was probably strung out on heroin at this time. So who exactly. knows? Exactly. And Zappa wasn't one to just hand out credits to people who didn't earn it. Uh, so if I had to guess, I would say Jack Bruce is playing the bass here, but he claims he did not. It almost sounds like something you do, like get somebody to play one little note so you could have their name attached to the song or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, like he obviously wants to detach. It's not like he's going to be getting royalties from apostrophe being played on the fucking radio or anything. So he's <laughs> he probably just says, fuck off, man. <laughs> he's getting those like $11 residual checks in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't enjoy each other for whatever reason. Yeah, there's obviously some kind of... So maybe Jack Bruce just said, nah, fuck it, I didn't even play on that thing. But it's bad as hell to these ears. It is a badass bass. Oh, of bass yeah. Sure. It's a great tone, great playing, just very, like you said, that... Yeah. Makes you shake your butt.
Gordon on the drums. And we talked a lot about, there's only three guys playing here. We talked about Zappa and about Jack Bruce. So why not talk about the drummer a little bit since that's more my wheelhouse. <laughs> and my guy has a fascinating story. Do you guys know about Jim Gordon? I do not. I don't know. Okay. So he was a very, very successful and famous session drummer and touring drummer in the 60s and 70s. One of these guys that you've heard on a million songs. He played on Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. You guys might have heard of that one. Oh, yeah. He, he played drums, and I looked at this earlier today. He was credited as playing on drums and orange juice cups. What? <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, that's like some pretentious bullshit. But <laughs> Steely Dan, he played on, uh, what's that song? Ricky. I know he played on Ricky, Don't Lose you That don't Number. Lose. Wow. That song sucks. I don't like Steely Dan. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ouch. Any, <laughs> traffic. Uh, and I should have said from the beginning, he played on the Derek and the Dominoes album, the Layla and oh, Sort of Love songs. Okay. And actually, the famous song Layla with the piano coda, he was credited as playing that and writing that in addition to playing the drums on the entire album. Like he, like he, he wrote the outro for Layla? Yes. Wow. Except... Wasn't it Dwayne Allman that composed that part? I guess he just played... No. Yeah. No, he didn't. I thought it was um, one of the Allman brothers or something. The controversy is that... Yeah, he played he played that song on the piano and that's what made it to the album. But there are several accounts that state that his girlfriend at the time had written that song on the piano and he just ripped it off and <laughs> stole it from her and put it on the album and she never got any credit for it. Damn. So that credited that's it to Jack Bruce. Pretty shitty <laughs> thing to do. But this would be Yeah, it's like I, I don't know. Eric Clapton just said go wang and <laughs> wang. <laughs> But this isn't even close to the worst thing that uh, Jim Gordon did. <laughs> oh, no. Not even close, friends. Uh-oh. He, um, and it's not funny, but in 1983, he attacked his 72-year-old mother with a hammer and stabbed her 30 times with a butcher knife, oh, oh. Killing, killing her. Of course. Can you stab with a butcher knife? It's more like a. That's a, that's stabbing seems like a generous term for what you could do with a butcher knife. God, that's awful. Yikes. Yeah. And so my man Jim Gordon is in prison, where he probably needs to be. He has been denied parole like ten times. Uh, so this dude's been in prison since like eighty the the early eighties. Since eighty four. God, um, look. All the all the people that he's worked yeah. with. Yeah, he did all that in like the late '60s and the '70s, mm. and and then his his discography really slowed down on account of all that stabbing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
And yeah, maybe I'd cut about a minute off. Yeah. <laughs> I might go a little long. Maybe doesn't need to be six minutes long, but... That bass, that fuzzy bass, it's like funky and rocking, and it's just... Uh, it feels pretty inspired to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Got a... I'm the, I am the slime kind of vibe to it there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I'm a zap ahead. Yeah, you got it. You're going to piss me off. I love this shit. Live for it. <laughs> is apostrophe by frank zappa from the album apostrophe this song to me is always kind of like it just seems like an interlude in the album to have it be the album title track and it just always seemed kind of weird because it's obviously just a jam and that's why they've got writing credits for everybody mm, whenever right. they're like oh three guys jamming we'll give them all writing writing credit there's no writing involved they're just all jamming right yeah write it on the spot yeah i agree i love this album i love zappa and this, this, was my one first, my this was my first Zappa album that I ever got. And my introduction to him where I was just like, what the hell is this? What's going yeah. on? And there are a lot of great songs on here that are, you know, they're actual songs. Um, right. Unlike this, which is a jam, but it's, it's still cool as hell. And again, I wanted to play it because I love this bass part. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to annoy Rye as well. So <laughs> this isn't annoying. This is the, this is my wheelhouse as far as the part that actually did kind of connect with me because like i said okay. my entry point was around this like apostrophe and uh yeah the um what was the album before it is this considered a mother's album or is uh, this, this is no this is not mothers this is uh, i think it was overnight sensation yeah that's what it is overnight sensation. so i have that one on which vinyl. is actually and that's actually my my very favorite of his yeah that's great um, yeah yeah his mustache and uh soul patch if you turn it sideways it kind of looks like a bass cleft doesn't it <laughs> Well, his nostrils would a, make it a bass clef, yeah. Cut a little line in that bottom piece there. <laughs> it's a it's a bass clef with a with a rest, two bar rest on <laughs> I don't know what Rye's bringing, but I know one listener who is upstairs right now who is not going to be voting for this song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what Rye has on oh, deck. <laughs> come on, Jen. Yeah. No, I think you lost her this week. Yeah, well, I think all our <laughs> female. <laughs> Listeners yeah. should check out yeah, on pro- Zappa. I think Jen is all our female listeners. <laughs> unless, <laughs> uh, yeah. unless Rye brings a King Crimson song or something, it's pretty much <laughs> yeah. a done deal. Well, I had thought of Rush. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and this is not normally my wheelhouse these days. I like songs, right? Yeah. But, and maybe if I heard this for the first time today, I wouldn't care much about it. But I was in love with it in college. And there's still a place for just badass musicians playing some badass music. No, that was a great pick, actually. I like that track. I remember hearing it. I didn't know it was credited to Jack Bruce and all that. I just but like I do remember the bass tales. being very 70s fuzzed out 
badass. I, re- I remember like Bruce, Jack Bruce being on that album in some rip, but I just I don't think I ever made the connection that he was on that song. That song, yeah. Who knows who it really is? Uh, sorry, was the murder stuff too sad? I just think <laughs> I like I like an interesting story, you know. That's an interesting story. Uh, we're all about murder here. People love the murder podcast. So. They do, yeah. Yeah, this is <laughs> you got to go through the roof on this one. This is a real crime uh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> Although there's apparently not much mystery about what happened there. <laughs> no. All right. So on to me now. I never know if I should introduce the song first or I should just play it and, and introduce it. I'll start by just introducing the song here because the bass player is kind of separate from the actual band. Um, but yeah. So song that I picked today is called Love What You Do In Child. It falls into the category of songs that I like that either have mama or child in the in the title. <laughs> I've just found it's just a flawless uh, formula. Can't go wrong. It's by the band Great Speckled Bird. They were the backing band for a very famous 60s folk duo, actually, called Ian and Sylvia Tyson. So if you've ever seen uh, the Christopher Guest movie, The Mighty Wind, and oh, you know Eugene it. Levy's character and Catherine O'Hara's, they were kind of based that that character on Ian and Sylvia, which were these uh, 60s folk boom kind of duo. They were big in the 60s, obviously. They even were hanging with Dylan in like the Greenwich Village kind of scene. Um, but they made a kind of leap. They went back to Canada and made kind of a leap to their kind of sellout thing, which, you know, Dylan went electric. They kind of went like full country. Um not really full country, a little bit of rhythm and blues too, but like more kind of commercial. So after the sixties folk boom had kind of happened and all that, they moved back to Toronto and they were given a, like a variety show. So the variety show was actually called Nashville North. And it was like Canada's answer to like Buck Owens, Johnny Cash, that kind of. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm definitely like pillaging your sources here today because this is great. <laughs> so this is going to be like me just sneaking one in, <laughs> which is I love it. But yeah, so the the backing band for that show was called Great Speckled Bird and with a bunch of different musicians, kind of a rotating house band. Um, but this is like the album that they did first. So while the show was kind of going, they did this album. Um, I'll play the track. And uh, then we'll talk a little bit about the bass player. Love what you do in child. Do what you love to do. Love what you do in child. Do what you love to do. go wow uh yeah it's not it's not really country it's still pretty hopping yeah but 
definitely in that realm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, for 1969, it sounds phenomenal. Like the production on it's great. Oh yeah. yeah, it's a killer album. So this album, I actually came across it. My 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 dad had it in his collection, um, but I distinctly remember this bass line just jumping out at me. And I've always liked kind of harmonic bass lines like that. That it almost sounds kind of fretless. Um, and he, then they lock into a really cool groove as well. Although they had like a full lineup in Toronto that they were doing the show with, um, they took the opportunity to like beef up their Nashville cred or the Nashville North. And they rounded out the lineup for this album with some like legit badass session players from the States. So the bass player is actually from your neck of the woods, Clay. Nice. Um, the two slots that they filled in their lineup were with session cats were piano and bass and the piano ringer. He came in, he comes with kind of like a great connection to another person I've mentioned, which is Neil Young. Uh, that's David Briggs. So he plays piano mm -hmm. on this. Um, he basically was Neil's right hand man. He, he actually kind of like discovered Neil Young cause he, uh, he's the one who literally picked up Neil Young hitchhiking down to California and, um, set him up and kind of became his producer from his self-titled album right up to his death in the, uh, in the nineties around, uh, when he did the grungy kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And importantly for today, another guy who kind of becomes a producer over the years, top session, dude, the bassist name is Norbert Putnam. And, uh, I'll just call him Putt cause, uh, he, you know, we're tight like that. <laughs> but uh we'll listen to the track yeah. a little bit more That's here, your just to like get another feel for that like you can he's a session cat but he just has this groove that's undeniable it's awesome Drums are incredible on the song too. Yeah. Uh, real great play back and forth, and the piano's kicking back there too. David Briggs. So Norbert Putnam, he's a Florence, Alabama-born boy. So oh, wow. I'm sneaking your talent real hardcore here. That's uh, like Muscle Shows. That's where. Uh, yes. Yeah, just outside where my dad and my grandparents lived. That's right. Yeah. So like he was actually the first bass player to play with like Rick Hall's like original idea for like fame studios, which, oh, wow. which became, you know, the, the fame studio rhythm section, which becomes the swampers basically. Right. So he yeah. was like the first, he was in the first incarnation of that. That's kind of where he cut his teeth only at, he was like 16 years old when, uh, him and David Briggs, who was also young, were recruited together from just like, as just local dudes and they cut their teeth there. 
Um, so he worked on kind of like the more early, like more pop leaning stuff that kind of like established the, got the, got the studio running. So the Swampers could kind of kick off and be the hot band. And, and, you know, if you know the story with that, the Muscle Shoals thing, how they kind of became their own deal, right? They kind of broke away. The Swampers did, but this was like, these were their own studio. Yeah. These were like his boys at the beginning kind of thing. By the time that like this album was made in 1969, both Putt and Briggs, they, they had relocated to Nashville and become kind of top session dudes there in like a group known as the Nashville A team. They were backing, they backed uh, Elvis at one point down in Memphis. He was transitioning more to a producer role when this kind of gig came up with uh, Ian and Sylvia rolling down there. And I think because of their connection, they had to show up there and stuff like that. It was come, kind of like, he was like, oh, yeah, I'll play on the tracks kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, they just, just incredible sound on this track in particular. I love that you're the one playing the, the country stuff <laughs> on this episode. Yeah. The Nashville connection, the Muscle Shoals connection. Yeah. Which I, makes I, sense I to me. Gonna... I mean, it makes sense to me. I know what you're into, so I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. And, you know, thinking about bass, all month. There's so many songs that you love and maybe even like the bass, but it doesn't really stand out necessarily, mm. but it, it definitely does in this song. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like right there in your face. It's kind of the most noticeable instrument I would say in this song. And yeah. It's cool as hell. Yeah, man. And this guy is an absolute stud player and uh, definitely needs some attention. Putt is our man. <laughs> and Putt. I don't know. I don't know if there's any, um, influence there but when you know i was talking earlier about flea and listening to this baseline it just really strikes me it, it sounds like uh flea's baseline on give it away yeah um the way oh, wow. that he just keeps doing these boom the oh. he's doing these little slides yeah. up and he's not repeating the same thing every time he's doing kind of these he's he's going up he's doing that slide way up on the on the fretboard and then going back back down low yeah. um it could be just a coincidence, but it, it, it sounds, uh, it's, it's jumping out at me like that for right now when I'm listening to it. Yeah. It's got that melodic hook in it. Cause he, cause he does rack it up high like that. And that's what I, I love that when bassists catch that, even, you know, my favorite bassist of course was geezer Butler from black Sabbath, but the way that he kind of plays around and he'll just like crank octaves in there, which jump out mm-hmm. of the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always something that I catch on to, and it almost creates another melody. Uh, and that's what I like about this track. It's some solid electric bass in here for sure. Without knowing anything about bass or you know, being able to explain it the way you guys do. But there are just certain songs that I hear where the bass stands out, where it's not they're not doing something obvious. Uh, it maybe resolves at a different point than you might expect. It's not just the same thing over and over again. But the key is then it still roots the song. Like to be able to pull that off seems like a pretty great trick. Mm-hmm. And kind of what i'm hearing here yeah and there's a reason why these session cats just are play all over everything because it's like once you lock into that that's there's kind of magic that's unique in there i mean yeah it's not like you can just pull in a guitarist and have him do a bass part um well you can and people do but usually yeah. when they want to get to that next level where you're making shit that sounds like this you know you gotta you gotta bring in somebody who knows what he's doing Oh, make another daughter. Only thing that 
guitar player on this one is Amos Garrett. He ends up leaving Great Speckled Bird after this album's recorded, and he leaves the show too that they're they're playing on. And his replacement on guitar is none other than Mr. Lane Pipe all night long, David Wilcox. Oh shit! <laughs> so David Wilcox <laughs> joins the Great Speckled Bird. That's his like background story that I didn't really get into too much when I was ripping apart his song, but. He does have some pedigree as far as playing with this. And it, it was the same kind of deal. That's how he cut his teeth because they continued on with that show. And like, you know, when Dolly Parton would be up there, anybody uh, would come up from the real Nashville to the Nashville North. Uh, like they'd sit in with them basically if they weren't traveling wow. with the bands. So, you know, Clay forgot, Clay forgot to mention that um, one of the other theories of the bass player on apostrophe was they think that it might've been Brett Michaels that played that <laughs> bass line. <laughs> Yeah. It all it all ties together, which is that's actually one of the reasons yeah. I picked this song is because it does tie together. I'm trying to roll it down. And the Neil Young connections. There's a lot of you know, Canadian it, lore. It, it kind of reminds me of uh you know, Graham Parsons is credited with uh inventing the music that I love in a lot in a lot of ways. Uh, inventing the my favorite genre, which is kind of that alt country, country rock stuff. Yeah. Which would have been happening with Graham Parsons uh, with the birds right around the same time. And of course there are going to be other bands and offshoots that, you know, aren't as popular that may have been doing something similar. And it sounds a little bit like that to me, this mm-hmm. kind of co- combination of country and rock and exactly. it's a little bit funky with that bass. Yeah. Um, and this whole album is very diverse. They do a lot of that. Like there's different genres within the thing, which is, yeah, 1969, you think about them doing that, really bringing it. Yeah, out. you hear that in 1969, that's going to sound brand new. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because in this, yeah, there wasn't as much integration of within an album. You do, you know, you do your country album, you do your gospel album, you do your folk yeah. stuff. And these guys coming from a folk scene, you know, like the Greenwich folk scene, uh, they were like tight with Dylan and stuff, so and he did the same kind of thing. And uh, yeah. you know, when he went electric. love what you're doing child i love what you're doing great speckled bird yes yeah, that's cool right yeah i love that outro there after the solo when the drums just do the dun, 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 and then bass just cuts out lets it ring and then he just plays that little hook in there underneath in a different kind of spot it's beauty i like it yeah it's great i never even heard of the band and a, no. that's a that's a real i'm going to i was just uh following them on spotify <laughs> there you go. So i'm gonna have to check that out on my commute in tomorrow tomorrow morning nice yeah it gets very different the album that that um there's a there's a couple more that cook like that for sure but um there's some chill ones i know that the um truck stop i think it's called truck stop uh girl or something like that it was their truckers cafe that was like their big kind of canadian radio hit which is uh sylvia's kind of takes the lead on that one but yeah, uh, Bloodshot Beholder, that one's killer, flies in the bottle. 
there's it's a great album and it, yeah it is it's a completely deep pull um because the only reason i knew about it was because like i said it was in my dad's record collection it was actually in his record collection because he had worked on that special um hmm. as a oh, cool. lighting gaffer guy yeah, he was he was like just starting out and that was one of his first gigs was like sweeping the floors uh for the Ian and sylvia <laughs> uh nashville north and that's super cool so he had a signed copy of it of course it got tossed in the bin sometime when he thought vinyl was worthless and so i don't have it but ah oh, damn i it's definitely <laughs> yeah it is yeah absolutely oh, but i want to track it down again on vinyl because it's a very diverse awesome album well i guess we can go and check the messages shall we Ah, yeah yeah see if we got any uh new bosses uh coming into the uh the fold I forget about this every month. It's not a routine when I'm like, oh, yeah, let's ch- that's a good idea. <laughs> I honestly forget. It's a good bit. Hey, guys, it's John Pritchard from Well Disguised. I absolutely love North by South. It's probably the only podcast. I know you guys only come out once a month, but still, you're the only podcast right now that I'm listening to where I catch every single episode. You guys are killing it. Keep up the good work. Now, I hope I'm timing this right because I kind of want your October episode. Although if I get the November one, which will be just after Halloween, that'll be pretty good too. But what I propose is I want to hear the best songs from your respective countries about the occult. I'm talking witches. I'm talking ghosts. I'm talking hexes, spells, Ouija boards, demons, whatever you got. Now, I'll give you a bonus point for my vote at least if your song involves the devil singing in the first person. I will say I'm banning any Canadian cover versions of NIB from Ra and Simple Man. No devil went down to Georgia. Otherwise, free reign. Let's get spooky. Can't wait to hear what you come up with. Oh, there you go. John Pritchard from Ice. Well, the Skies podcast, which we have talked up before. One of our favorites. Love that Great, show. Great podcast. He did. I think we probably talked about this before, but he did one about Skinner and just completely nailed it. Covered everything I've been trying to cover in two or three years. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. And that's a great idea. Yeah, and great. And can we just say what what a great voice? Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's if like, if he, if he didn't have his own show, I'd be like, wow, how come he calls three three podcast hosts are doing a show, and then the calling guy has a ten times better voice than any of us. <laughs> uh, but he has got his own show, so he's 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 a he's a pro. Yeah, and I love what he did there. That's awesome bringing in a theme that i was actually thinking about that doing a halloween kind of episode because we dropped these on the first of the month so the 31st yeah. month before day before and uh that's a great one getting spooky with the yeah. occult something that i very much enjoy and i know lots of bands both you know overseas and canadian that dabble in the occult so i'll definitely it's bring gonna be really spooky. awkward though when you when you both bring in monster mash <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I gotta think of a new song. Rye beat me to it. Yeah. It's Monster Mash versus Monster Mash <laughs> in this month's North by South. Spookiest song of all time. It's it pretty spooky. fucking spooky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're trying to get too scared, but we will <laughs> Yeah, let's let's cover that. Let's do it, man. Yeah. Great idea. Thank I you, think John. it'll be all part of a, a little Halloween special we'll put together for the kids. A little trick and treat. Oh, kids are kids are gonna love this. Yeah, kids love it. <laughs> But yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for today. Um, as always, check us out on the social media, Twitter, uh, at North by South Pod. If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to be like 
John there, become the next boss, dial in. We have a link to our uh, Anchor voicemail service. Uh, the easiest way to get to it is through the Twitter, actually. If you look at our uh, you know, bio thing there, I put the link in there. And I throw it up every once in a while on uh, posts. And uh, other than that, you got anything else to add, Clay? Only that I'm so glad Nate came on the show. Mm-hmm. We always had you in mind to be the first guest. I love your podcast, but I love you even more as a human being. So thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, man. You're the greatest. No, I love you guys too, man. I appreciate you guys uh, thinking of me and having me on for the first one. I, I love listening to your show. Uh, my only complaint would be that uh, I know how this episode's going to turn out before I listen to it now, but, um, but my wife won't, and <laughs> I'll be able to see yeah. her reactions. There you go. She probably won't like yeah. it as much that I'm on this episode. I'll <laughs> probably prefer the next one when... Yeah. I'm free, Nate free, but <laughs> the next one when she's on, she's kind yeah, of exactly. the invitation. <laughs> Being the tiebreaker. Seriously, break, the let's, tie get breaker. Here. Yeah. let's get Dual her on citizenship, here. it works out well. <laughs> yeah. Jen, Jen, come on the show. We're ready for you. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much, Nate. It's great talking right. to both of you again. Take care of yourselves. Thanks, guys. Right, thank you. See you later. Bye.